0: And welcome to another episode of the Freethinkers Podcast, the show that believes in free speech, original thought, and desire for truth. We're just happy to be on here. I'm telling you, man, the world is a good place. There's good people in the world. And we just can't let all the craziness, all the bad people, overtake that and 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 take that away from us because if we do, we're going to lose focus on how rich and blessed we are. And when I say rich, I don't mean monetary. I mean, just the fact of the matter is, is I got up today. Today was a thankful, thankful Thursday. And you know, when I, I normally pray, when I pray in my closet, my water closet, I pray in the shower every morning, which is the water closet. Uh, The Bible tells you when you pray, don't stand on the street and say big words and all this other stuff. I don't have big words to say anyway, but to pray in private. And this morning, a lot of times I, you know, get up and start with what I'm thankful for. But I remember I had a hair, a lady that cut my hair and she was a refugee from Vietnam. Saw atrocious things. Her name was Miss Kay. And it stuck with me because that was probably when I was 16 or 17 when she told me this. She said, you know what? She goes, today I got up and I didn't want to ask God for anything. I just wanted to thank him for everything that he gave me. That was today for me. Today was just go with everything you're thankful for. And you know what? That lasted longer than typically my prayers do because there's so much to be thankful for. And it's hard to have that intersection of truth and knowledge and being positive and being thankful. And I will admit, I'm easily drawn. The attraction of negativity is something that I struggle with because there's so much negative. There's so much going on in the world that I'm not happy about. I would like to change, but... I heard a message the other day and it was it was talking about what we want and as far as how we let certain things affect us that we can't change but if we want more truth in the world become the best source of truth in your network and with your family and around if you want more joy in the world become the most joyous person in the world if you want more happiness if you want more love if you want more honesty just become that fight the fight that you're able to be in the ring with. Because a lot of times we're fighting a fight and we're really, we're fighting a phantom enemy in a sense. I'm never going to get in the ring with Fauci. I'm not, I'm never going to get in the ring with Biden. I'm never going to get in the ring with a lot of these people what can i do in, in essence other than speak the truth and in, and encourage and enlighten and educate those who i'm giving it given influence over that's all i can do but the fact is is to to let those little men control my my emotions my joy my life that's giving control and you're just you're, you're boxing at the wind. And that's something that I realize. We are. We're given a lot. <clears throat> and the fact is. Is that these political issues. Are going to be political issues. But the major things that we're dealing with in life. The major ones as far as the. The vote rigging, the choice for murder, um, a lot of that. It's not anything that's going to be decided by a vote. And the mac. And, and to be honest with you, and I've struggled with this over the years too, to whether to even vote, because I don't have faith. It matters or it's counted. It seems like it's all made up. It seems like there's that's just an illusion of what's going on. Although I still do, I struggle with it. Just, just being honest at this point, but the very institution they're attacking, I think is the very institution where change can be implemented. the quickest, the highest, with the most efficacy. And they're attacking the church. They're attacking the ability of the church to stand up, to recognize truth. Truth is under attack. When you're identifying as something else and you make someone say that that's truth, that's that's under attack. The very institution of the church is under attack with this Republican bill, not Republican bill, but a a bill that 12 Republicans signed on to. So it may as well be that upholds gay marriage. Now, what this is going to do, Mike Lee proposed an amendment that would give churches the ability to recognize truth, biblical truth, that that's not something they have to recognize. they were trying to get three of those senators to sign on for that bill, but they didn't. So it passed, which is going to mean that gay couples can go to churches, ask to be married. And if the church denies, they can be sued for hate, for discrimination, civil rights, and that is um, that's concerning. It's concerning not only that they were going to allow the whole gay marriage issue, but that enough people, enough senators wouldn't sign on to say, you can have this, but let us be safe over here. So if you think that Voting Republican is an answer to any of this stuff. It's not. It's not. What I say, what I suggest, is you vote with your presence. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. A lot of churches did that during COVID when the government told them they could not hold services together. They complied, they capitulated, and they shut down. Frankly, probably because of money. Um, churches are tax-exempt. That was instituted under Lyndon Johnson. And it basically was a brilliant idea by him, but it allowed churches not to be able to talk and discuss political issues with their flock members, and that basically gave them carte blanche to go do whatever they wanted to do and control the mouthpiece and to shut the churches down from saying anything. That's going to come probably to an end with this. Churches are probably going to lose their tax exempt status if they stand for truth. The ones that don't will be so watered down, it's not going to really be true discernible biblical truth. But what I would suggest is to find a good local church, have dinner with your pastor, and communicate some of these ideals in the sense of hoping that they'll stand up for what's right. Because we need to put our faith and the institution that was founded by the creator of all and support that monetarily. I just, we've, we've gone so far off the rails politically. I don't even really want to follow it anymore. I do because I want to stay educated, but it's really, really tough to continue down the line where we're going to see what we see to hear what we hear, to know what we know and still have any faith in those, in those institutions. If we have a, uh, I don't want to call it a silent majority, because I don't think we need to be silent on that kind of thing. I think the church needs to, to stand for truth. And if they lose their tax exempt status, rip it up, throw it out the window, and lead. I think it's time to cut the fat in some of these churches. <laughs> there was a guy that I heard that said the, the modern American church is about big screens, fog machines, and skinny jeans. And one of the greatest moments I've had in worship in my life was when I went down to shoot a documentary in Honduras, got there the first morning. And all these children that lived and worked in the trash dump down there, they would ride a bus and come to this church. And of course, The modern American church is greeters out front, coffee shops, all the conveniences, padded seats, air conditioning, and all that. We pulled up to this area and all these kids were outside playing like kids normally do. And to go into the church meant you walked up on a concrete slab that had folding chairs, all arranged in a nice order. A little, you could hear the, the 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 hum of an engine with an electric generator. They had a little projector with the the clear transparent slides that would come through, and they had music. I think they had one or two amplifiers, speaker, a couple of speakers. No walls, it was a roof. Had some fans. It was the greatest worship experience of my life. Because you see these little kids who have nothing, raise their hands to God. They're still dirty from the trash they picked up. And it was (laughs) was powerful because that's the church. The church is... A collective unit of people that come together, no matter where they're at, no matter if they're at a 80 to to $100 million building or an $800 pole barn, in essence. <laughs> Worthy is the Lamb was the song that was playing. I'll never forget it. And I remember looking down in my viewfinder and it had a little cup on it. And I had to keep using my shirt to wipe the <laughs> the tears out that were filling that cup. Because it it um it was truth. There was truth in that. There was genuine authenticity in that. and from what i've come from i started tv shows for for churches and worked with a couple down in south florida and man it was about get get your blessing from your god um monetarily of course which goes back to what I was praying this morning or thanking God this morning. Monetarily, I'm rich. I make more than a dollar a day, which is the average salary of probably 60 to 70% of the earth's population. When the Bible, it says it's easier or it's harder for a rich man to go through the eye of the needle first of a, the, of a rich man getting into the kingdom of heaven what that means is the needle it's not anything you sew with the needle was a, a wall it had like a small opening and the camel had to get down on its knees and scoot through that little eye <clears throat> the opening, the hole and a rich man that had all kind of stuff tied to this camel would have to take all that stuff off because the camel couldn't go through there without that it was just big enough for the camel and i think we misinterpret that verse because i remember taking off from miami looking out at the high rises and it was it was fascinating because i i would often say man we're so blessed we are so blessed look at this wealth and the blessing After that experience of being around authenticity and truth. I'm not saying there's not truth here. I'm just saying that when Jesus walked and said, I'm going to give, or the the point of what we're here to do, obviously is to love your God. But as followers, to feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty, to clothe the naked to take care of the widow, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure we do that very well here, which is the church has been very impotent on that. And I think that's why government has gotten so bloated It's because they've come in to give all the money away, but they give monetary They don't give emotional support, physical support, spiritual support. But when I came back from that experience, I remember as we touched down looking out the window again, and I didn't say we're blessed, looked at the same buildings, looked at the same skyline, I said, we're really distracted, which it goes back to passing through the eye of the needle and having to remove everything that weighed you down and all the stuff you're trying to carry. We're blessed. We are. But what we do with that is ultimately what honors God. God gives us incredible blessings, incredible opportunities, incredible mercy and grace to do that. But what we need to do, I believe, is make that institution work on making that institution, the institution of the church, the co- the collection of believers. And these aren't all good people. I'm not, I, I won't consider myself a good person. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. A lot of the time that I think the misconception is that when people go to church and screw up, that the church is hypocritical. I'm listening to a devotional right now on King David. King David, man, he messed up a lot. A lot. But that's who God chose to lead that country. God works very effectively in fallible people. And I think that He understands the heart, the true motivations and passions of that. So we're all going to mess up. Don't hold the church to a standard that you don't hold yourself to. But I think if we can get within that and to really press in and try to help truth rise from that institution, to help strengthen that, to help bring the church back as a vessel of truth and as an instrument of hope, and help, that's where I believe true change can actually happen. I truly believe it. If we have strong local churches that are incredible places of influence, that's where true change happens because change does happen in the heart. And when you start to disciple and mentor somebody and then you have influence within that business, within that organization, within some of the other leaders around the country, you're doing it on a, a grassroots effort and scale. And the whole point of the church is to be truly an unstoppable force, not just the nicest place in the area, because you have to stand for truth. You have to address wrongs, and there's ways to deal with that. But in my opinion, I think we've all, I'm guilty as well, put a lot of our hope in politics, politicians, policy. Policy matters because it does affect people. But if we use our time and our efforts to strengthen our local communities and to to strengthen the community that we're in and to go out and to, to help others, that's where the true influence is going to be. Because the politicians at that point know that they can't do anything without us. And you know what? Raise up politicians from with that within that sphere of influence. That's been, that's been something that I've really, really thought hard, long and hard lately, especially when people would ask me if about the whole Trump DeSantis thing, to be honest with you, the president should be a very, very, very low impact person in your life your local sheriff, probably your mayor, your governor. Those should be the people that are impactful in your life. And I said, I don't, I don't want DeSantis for, to run for president. I'd rather him stay as the strongest, most powerful governor around. And you know what? Get a coalition of other governors that stand up for that and bring rights back to the state and make the feds and the federal in th- that their impact, very impotent. Lose the power. Not powerful at all. Bring decisions about healthcare to the local level. State and local level. About education to the state and local level. I'm guilty. I'm guilty for thinking that's going to solve a lot of problems. It's not. It's absolutely not. Because the people that you put your faith in will let you down. Any Republican you vote for, will let you down. We're fighting a war of good and evil. I mean, when you're literally passing laws that when a baby's born alive, that you don't have to give it health care. That's tough to stomach. There's a lot of things going on that are tough to stomach. But when you're, I guess it's Gen Z, I don't know, the 18 to 30-year-olds. When their biggest reason for voting is to continue to give the woman a right to terminate a life. That's a moral problem. That's a spiritual problem. That's a heart problem. And that's not going to be solved by any law. It's not going to be solved by any person getting elected. I remember Fred Thompson. He was the actor. He ran for, I think he was a senator from Tennessee. He said, We need to win that battle in the hearts and the minds of the American people abortion. I agree. I agree. So my message in this is to get involved on a local level, in your church. Find one where they preach truth, whether it's easy to hear or not. Sometimes truth hurts. But if they're standing for truth, and if they're willing to stand up for what's right, and if they're willing to put their tax exempt status on the line because they don't want to capitulate to the whims of the world, to the fantasy world that we're living in, as far as transgender and mutilation of kids, if they will stand up against that for truth, get involved in a level to where you have influence to where you can encourage your pastor or leader there to do the same. It's not going to be easy. There'll be persecutions. There'll be lots of people probably go to jail to be charged. But we're promised that the Bible t- tells us we will be pr- uh, that in the end days. This is what's going to happen. So we're either going to have the lifestyle of convenience and comfort, or we're going to stand up for what's true, what's right, what's noble. And to be there for the next generation. That's really all I can say on that subject because I just don't, I don't want to keep going in the same circle of fraud and all this other stuff happening. And we say, well, wait till the midterms and then They do it again and now it's wait till 2024 and they'll do it again. They already did it in 2020. And that's the fact that they took your voice away. They took the ability of you to, to have a say in public society. They're going to take, they're going to, they're going to do what they want in society. And through political means. We need to get involved and we need to strengthen the one institution that should be the most powerful around and that's the church until next time love y'all talk soon